Join me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News today. And uh, got a few updates from Japan to start off the show, courtesy of our friend uh, Joe uh, Kazumi over in Tokyo. Uh, as we all know, uh, Neyana Inui, he's probably the best uh, Japanese fighter. Well, he was just uh, voted best Japanese fighter of the year. Anyway, his cousin uh, was in the ring and uh, willing to put it all on the line and mentioned he might retire uh, if he lost, and he did lose. Uh, anyway, he's uh, he's a hard punch in the southpaw, and he attempted to uh, avenge his previous 2020 uh, knockout loss to Adaishi Nagata, uh, but his opponent uh, beat him. Uh, majority decision on the cards. Uh, over 12 rounds uh, taking place in Tokyo, and uh, pretty disappointed uh, for Inoue. Um, because he did, he did, uh, I think he's going to make good in his promise to, uh, retire. Nonetheless, uh, his, his opponent, uh, did I mention his name? Uh, Daishi Nagata. Uh, Nagata, it, it seems now has, uh, unified the OB, OPBF and WBOAP Asia Pacific belts, uh, in, in doing so. So a good victory for Nagata and, uh, you know, good luck to, uh, uh former champ. Uh, Koki, in a way, the cousin of the monster. Uh, anyway, he leaves with a 17-2 record if, in fact, he does really, truly uh, retire. But we'll see what happens. Anyway, uh, it was part of a triple header, as Joe reports, and uh, quite frankly, unbeaten, hard-punching Filipino fighter, WBA-rated number one flyweight, Dave Opolaniero, 20-0, 14 knockouts. Came off the canvas in round number three and badly dropped formerly world-rated ex-WBA Asia champ Tanis Onjanta. He's now 12-2. and two. Twice. And for the count uh, at 144 of the fourth round in a Schedule 8 rounder, as I say, that took place over in Tokyo, Japan. Great fighting in uh, Japan, as is regularly reported to us by our good friend uh, Joe Kaizumi. One more fight to report on then. Uh, former OB, OPBF Bantam champ, Kazuki Nakajima. He's now 15-2-1. Acquired the vacant OPBF 122-pound belt, uh, renounced by his stablemate Yoshiki Takai, when he scored a nearly shutout decision over Mugicha Nagakawa. Over 12 lopsided rounds, apparently. Uh, as I said, in Tokyo, Japan. Nakajima, southpaw, hard puncher uh, with a suspect chin, whose WBO AP 122-pound belt was wrested by Tide Doherty, uh, Doherty uh, via technical knockout last year, made good use of his footwork to keep his distance against the wild swinger, uh, Nagakawa, uh, who previously upset former world champion and ex-OPBF super bantam champ Shingo Wake. Uh, to raise his stock, kept stalking the footworker, but failed to catch the crisp punching southpaw all the way. Uh, for Nakajima, formerly the Aisha University amateur boxer, it was his third regional belt acquisition. So fantastic stuff. One more quick fight to report on. I don't know if it was probably on the undercard. Let's see what Joe says here. Unbeaten IBF number 13, Kaisuke Matsumoto, 10 and 0. Wow. Barely kept his Japanese featherweight belt as he survived the last round visit to the canvas and eked out a unanimous decision 
over JBC number one ranked Jinky Maida. He's now 13 and 2. That was over a 10 seesaw uh, heats on uh, on their battle in Tokyo. Uh, the shaven skulled champ Kaisuki, son of former three time world challenger, and now his trainer, Koji Matsumoto, utilized his hand speed and quick reflexes, comfortably piling up points in almost every round, and finally sent his opponent to the deck with an eye catching left right combination. Uh, to the Southwell ex-kickboxing champion, by the way, in the fourth round. So good stuff out of Japan, as usual, from our good friend uh, who's reporting on, uh, I believe, fightnews.com, actually, if you want to check him out further. And some great pictures, by the way, on that particular uh, website. Let me scoot around the web for you and find something else that's interesting, that's making headlines. Uh, and I think this is there's a quote in here that I really, really like, and it's, it's why I'm starting my other little YouTube channel uh, regarding quotes. Here, here's a, here's, here's, this is written by uh, Scott Trice out of uh, badlefthook.com. I believe he's the editor-in-chief there, but this, is, this first couple of paragraphs is pretty well brilliant. Uh, Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia will now have their fight at Brooklyn's Barclays Center, Oscar De La Hoya announced this evening. The fight will still, still take place on April 20th, but previously named uh, site in Las Vegas didn't have a suitable venue. Sorry, let me start again. The fight will still take place on April 20th, but previous named site Las Vegas didn't have a suitable venue available for the date. Apparently, which you'd think someone might have looked into beforehand, but the fight is still on for the original date. That, my friends, is a classic, absolute classic, and, and perhaps gives you this state of boxing, if you will, today. Anyway, Haney, he's 31-0. We talk about him often. Great fighter. 15 knockouts. Will be defending his WBC super lightweight title for the first time, having taken that belt off Regis Progress in a dominant performance back on uh, December 9th in San Francisco. Garcia, for his part, 24-1, 20 knockouts. It will be in his first world title fight, most recently beating Oscar Duarte on December 2nd in Houston, and a bounce back from his 2023 loss to Javante Tank Davis. So we look forward to uh, Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia going toe-to-toe -to -toe at the Brooklyn uh, Barclays Center in, well, it's in Brooklyn, not in New York City, but New York City, kind of. Um, oh, yes, this is interesting. Speaking of confusion in the boxing world, let me just start at the top, if you will. Um, the, the headline screams, a long six-year road to WBA heavyweight champion's first defense. Okay, so this is the story of Mahmoud Char, okay, and how he is now coming up against uh, a defense of his title. Anyway, let's, let's read on. After six long years, EC boxing promoter Errol Ceylon is delighted to have finally secured a heavyweight title defense for Mamu Char. When explained why it took so long for Char to put the WBA regular belt on the line, Ceylon's company released information that's been publicly made available in the past anyway. But they blame Don King's unfair means in getting the WBA to strip Char in early 2022 as the main reason. However, Char had the title from 2017 and saw many defenses fall flat due to litigation between former mandatory challenger Fres Aquando 
and the WBA. After Mamuchar became the WBA world champion against Alexander Ustinov in 2017, this is his first title defense of that victory. It would take more than six years before he could finally defend his title for the first time. In the meantime, says Ceylon, we've planned several title defensive. These always fell through due to various circumstances. Char was even stripped of his world championship belt after Don King used unfair means to prevent a scheduled mandatory fight against his boxer, Trevor Bryant. And for those of you who have been following Talking Fight for a while, you might remember uh, my conversations with Christian von Sponek out of Great Britain and the heavyweights and how Trevor Bryant ended up with this belt in the first place. And, uh, the, and, the, and the fighters that uh, Don King was pitting him against in order to maintain that belt. Anyway, a lawsuit from Char and his ECB team followed, and the WBA awarded the title back to Mahmoud Char. In the meantime, uh, the Lebanese-born Lebanese fighter fought three stay-busy fights, all of which he won early. Now Char will face Kubrat Pulev on March 30th, and once the bell rings, it'll be... 200, 2,331 days since Char won the title. So the fight's on. What reports uh, stated in recent weeks can now be confirmed. Uh, ECB heavyweight Mahmoud Char will step into the ring against Kubrat Pulev and put his WBA world title at risk. The battle between the two colossi will occur on March 30th in Sofia, uh, Pulev's home country of Bulgaria. Uh, Char, who's been living in Dubai for some time, has been training for months. Good for him. I would hope so. Uh, the former Colossus of Cologne uh, kept himself constantly fit in the past because he was always hoping for a big fight, and now it's finally coming. Uh, in this fight against Pulev, uh, he sees himself as a clear favorite. At the opening press conference held in Bulgaria, uh, he said, Kubrat was a great amateur boxer and also had good fights as a professional, but when he comes under pressure, he collapses. So there you have it, my friends. Remember, Pulev, he fought against Klitschko. He fought against Anti Joshua for the World Heavyweight Championships and lost both times. So he is quite experienced. He's, he's a pretty a serious opponent uh, for Mahmoud Char. So we'll see, just for fun, shits and giggles, we'll see who wins uh, that fight. Uh, speaking of complications, my next story is... Uh, one that just baffles me. This is courtesy of our friends over at BoxingNews24.com, a story written by uh, uh, Vince, uh, Vince de Ritter. Uh, as March deadline approaches, the WBC president, Maurizio Suleiman, played a role in helping the undisputed super middleweight world champ Canelo Alvarez avoid a fight with David Benavides. The Cinco de Mayo weekend is a traditional fight weekend for Canelo, but as of now, he doesn't have an opponent. Boxing fans and boxing pundits, pointing to myself, were pressing for David Benavidez to fill the open slot, but WBC President Maurizio Suleiman has found a way to take Benavidez out of the equation. Back in May 2022, David Benavidez scored an impressive third-round technical knockout over David Lemieux and won the vacant WBC super middleweight interim title. Benavidez assumed he would receive the opportunity to face Canelo Alvarez for the undisputed crown, since he was a WBC mandatory. Benavidez thought he was the mandatory, but apparently Mauricio Suleiman didn't share the same feeling. The WBC president would go on to make a match in which the winner of the bout would be the mandatory challenger for Canelo. 
He said, Caleb, Caleb Plant will fight Benavidez for the interim title, and the winner will become the mandatory of the division to fight Canelo Alvarez. Suleiman stated at the WBC convention back in November 2022. Four months later, David Benavidez defeated Caleb Plant by way of unanimous decision. And at that point, Benavidez became Canelo's WBC mentor for a second time. But once again, Suleiman would dig into his bag of tricks and find another way for Benavidez to earn his shot at Canelo. Despite the fact that Benavidez defeated Lemieux to win the WBC interim title and followed it up with a win over IBF super middleweight world champ Caleb Plant, the WBC president switched things up and gave Benavidez another, another obstacle to climb before being awarded his shot at the undisputed crown. After the results, with the specifics, whether injury, cut, or whatever, this time we confirmed that David Benavidez is the mandatory. If he were to be successful against Demetrius Andrade, he has to be ratified as the mandatory for the WBC champion, Suleiman said during the November 2023 WBC convention. A week later, Benavidez retained his WBC interim super middleweight title as he defeated Demetrius Andrade by way of six-round stoppage. After the Benavidez victory, Suleiman didn't immediately order the undisputed bout, but when he was a guest on Broadway Joel's show, he did provide a deadline. When he was asked, when will Canalo's mandatory be enforced, Maurizio Suleiman responded by saying, Benavidez defeated Plant in March of this year, so his date for mandatory position is March 2024. So, as March 2024 is approaching, Canelo is still seeking a May 4th opponent, and fans are now wondering why he is seeking an opponent when his three-time mandatory challenger is available to fight. Canelo's fan base is in denial, but it's painfully obvious that Canelo is ducking David Benavidez. His partner in crime, Maurizio Suleiman, has cleverly found a way to avoid his self-imposed deadline of ordering Canelo Benavidez clash by rerouting Benavidez in a different direction. On February 22, 2024, Suleiman proudly made this revelation. Very proud to announce a sensational fight which the WBC has approved to sanction for the interim light heavyweight championship, David Benavidez versus Gvazdik. Wish the best of luck for both champions. Incredible. And as this author says, bravo to Maurizio Suleiman because he deserves a round of applause for successfully finding a way to not order the Canelo Benavidez fight. The fact that this fight is a high a public high public demand and it hasn't happened yet is a disgrace. Once again, the loyal supporters of the sport of boxing take another L. As of now, David Benavidez, 28-0, 24 knockouts, will move on to attempt to become the WBC interim champion in a second division, while Canelo Alvarez is still trying to finalize a May 4th cherry pick. Wow. Incredible. Right. Let's go on to Joseph Parker, who's looking forward to his fight against Zhilai Zhang on March 8th. But it has a rematch clause. If the WBO interim heavyweight champ, Zhang, 26 and 1, loses the fight, he can demand a second fight with Parker, who's 34 and 3, which could happen at the end of the year. With Zhang the favorite in the fight, the chances are that the rematch clause won't be used. It makes a great talking point, especially for boxing fans sympathetic to Parker, believing his recent performance against Deontay Wilder indicates that he suddenly made vast improvements in his game. 
it's more likely that Zhang destroys Parker in the same way Joe Joyce did. And fans realize that the New, New Zealander wasn't as good as they thought he was. Yeah, fight Zhang and win, and then fight him again at the end of the year, then win again, and I'll be free to fight anyone else, said Joseph Parker. I guess I see where they're coming from, said Parker. They're trying to protect Zhang. And they did the same thing when Zhang fought Joe Joyce. So I have to beat him twice in order to move on and fight for the championship of the world. I just want to get in there for the hardest fights and do the best that I can, said Parker. Fans view it as ridiculous that an interim champion can have a rematch clause considering he's not a full champ and it slows the sport down. Even with a regular champion, rematch clauses are bad for boxing, but it's far worse when it's an interim title holder. He said, I'll, it's, it's, it's take the fight with the rematch clause, otherwise they would give it to someone else at Parker. It's kind of a cornered buck. I'm happy with the fight and I'm looking forward to it. If Parker had failed to agree to the rematch clause, he wouldn't have been allowed to fight Zhang. Parker wasn't in the position to reject the rematch clause. Zhang was coming off two knockout wins over Parker's former conqueror, Joyce. So let's see what happens on that level. But Joseph Parker had this to add. He disclosed his game plan for defeating Zhilai Zhang, the WBO interim heavyweight champion, ahead of their uh, fight, which takes place March 8th in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. The former WBO heavyweight champ, Parker, as I said, 34 and 3, says he will hit and run all night against the bigger and slower Zhang. 26 and 1, 21 knockouts. He believes that that one key strategy to defeat the two-time Chinese Olympian who doesn't have great foot speed due to his 270-pound frame. Wow. Parker says he will use combination punches and let his hands go as he did in his recent upset victory over WBC heavyweight champ Deontay Wilder last December. That win gave the 31-year-old Parker confidence, making him believe he's improved and some Boxing fans believe the 38-year-old Wilder fought with an abysmal game plan designed by his trainer, Mike Scott, which involved nonstop uh, and throwing only occasional punches. With that game plan, Wilder would have lost to anyone in the top 15, no matter how poor. Going into this fight, I have a lot better movement than Joe Joyce. I think with Zhang, it's important to stick and move, said Parker. With Zhang... He does tire in a lot of his fights. I'm not counting on him tiring. I want to, I want the best Zhang, and I want him for 12 rounds. I want to give him my best in his fights, so stick and move combinations and letting my hands go, said Parker and his plan to defeat Xilai Zhang. Yep. Fight Zhang and win, and then fight him again at the end of the year, and win again. I'll be free to fight anyone else. I guess I see where they're coming from. They're trying to protect what Zhang has, and they did the same thing when Zhang fought Joe Joyce. So I have to beat him twice in order to move on and fight the championship of the world. There's a lot of people in boxing with egos and they worry about the A side and the B side and who's going to walk first and who's going to walk second, said Parker, when asked why does Zhang have a rematch clause. So there you go, A sides and B sides. Yeah. All right, boxing fans, thanks for joining me here on Talk and Fight. Appreciate it very much. Like your support. Uh, remember to share, subscribe, hit that notification bell for me. And uh, we'll see you again at 11 a.m. Eastern time uh, when I report on some uh, 
recaps of upcoming fights and some previews and offer more chatter and of course uh throw in the occasional juicy quote uh, whether it be from a boxer trainer or manager and uh, stay tuned i'm going to launch a, a new youtube channel called the boxing channel hope it flies it's just going to be full of these quotes that uh, i think are well on one hand they're some of them are really funny they're well placed uh they're well stated with full intention and on the other hand there's a bunch of like silly uh quotes especially from guys like eddie hearn all right thanks box fans we'll see you later